We're starting a, a new series uh, for the next six weeks or so um, until Lent, um, and uh, uh, we will be looking at this idea of life hacks. Um, I don't know, it, it's pretty interesting if you ever go online and look up different things, and, and what it, the idea of a life hack is this idea of uh, using something um, to make life simpler. That's really basically what it is. It, it is uh, learning to use things that you have right at your disposal, uh, maybe to, to, to accomplish things in an easier way um, than you ever have. And, and there's a lot of different ones um, uh, that, that we have, and you can find tons of them on the Internet. Um, but we find them in one place in the Bible. God has given us a book of life hacks. You didn't know that. You can Google it in the Bible. Um, and it's the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is nothing but simple things that God has given us uh, to make life work. It just makes life work. And sometimes they are opposite of the way that we think. Um, um, it is uh, uh, amazing how sometimes uh, we can't believe what God wants, but when we do it, we're amazed at the outcome. Wow, when I follow God, even though it seems weird, it seems like the world tells us not to do it that way, and yet when we do it, um, it's amazing. It's kind of like some of the life hacks you use. Um, a couple examples when I was looking up there, um, maybe this is for some of the, the guys, um, uh, uh, maybe in their cars or uh, if you ever went to a, a guy's college dorm room or something, uh, one of the life hacks that, that they said to do is take a dryer sheet, just buy those little dryer sheets, you know, that you put in the dryer when you throw your, and tape it up against, like in your car, maybe put it right in front of the uh, air vent, um, or in your room, or in your house, right uh, uh, in front of the vent, and it will take care of all the smells, so it's like an instant deodorizer uh, for your car, or for your, your room. And so that's why I say maybe mostly guys need that uh, in there. Uh, but it works, and you don't think of it. If you don't have a, a deodorizer, you can just use a, a, a dryer sheet. Um, another one uh, is, uh, which I, I, I kind of uh, like it. I don't know where they ever figured this out um, or why they do it, but one of, um, and it's kind of a scary thought, if you're out hiking or something or if, if you're uh, uh, camping and, and, and you need to, to, to start a fire or something, everything's maybe wet, um, you know, you don't have any kindling, you don't have anything to start a, a fire to get the fire going, um, you can always use Doritos, I mean, nah, I guess you, have, you don't have any of that, but you have a bag of Doritos. I guess that's our priorities, right? Isn't that I don't have any kidding, but I have a bag of Doritos. But if you do happen to have a bag of Doritos, I guess they are very good kindling. They, they will burn for a while. And um, uh, uh, just a, a, a quick uh, uh, disclaimer that makes me, makes me scared. Don't be smoking around and eating Doritos at the same time. You know, that could be a, a, a dangerous thing. But uh, uh, who, who knew that uh, Doritos uh, would be a great fire starter? Um, and yet we're eating them. Uh, that tells us what we're eating. And, and so these are the ideas of, of uh, life hacks that we're going to look at because God wants, God is not out to make life harder. 
So many times people think God just wants to make life harder. You know, following God is no fun. It's even worse. I'm telling you, the world lies to us, deceives us. We, it, it, it portrays God as, as someone who has nothing, but, nothing of our good uh, for us. But yet God in his word shows us that everything he does is for our good. Uh, and, and we can begin to learn from his word and make life simpler. So we're going to, over the next uh, few weeks, we're going to do that. We're going to look at some principles, some things in our life that God has given us um, that if we will do these things, um, it just makes life simpler. It just makes life easier. Um, sometimes they don't make sense, and sometimes we, we don't necessarily, um, uh, you know, going into it, uh, believe it, but if we will step out and do it anyway, um, it, it makes a difference. Um, a verse that kind of uh, uh, gives us uh, the challenge to live this way is actually in, not in Proverbs, but in the New Testament in Ephesians. And so this is kind of our, our purpose verse uh, in, in what we're, why we're doing this. Because in Ephesians chapter 5, it says this, Look carefully how you walk. In other words, how you're living not as unwise, but as wise. In other words, um, uh, Paul tells us, you need to start thinking about how you're living. Why are you living the hard way? Um, we need to stop and, and we need to be careful of what are we doing in our life. Stop being unwise. Stop doing things that, that are just making life harder or are leading you to things that then will uh, cause things to be hard. But let's be wise. In fact, it says in the very next verse, it says, make the best use of the time because the days are evil. How much more so do we need to look at how we're living than in this day? We look around us. It's chaos. Um, everyone's fighting over one uh, person's view of how things should do and another person's view of how they should be and our politics and our governments and then even just our relationships and our lives and our families and our cultures and our communities everything is just up in the air and this way we live in an evil day we live in a day where everyone is telling us different things to go this way or that way and it says we need to begin to make the best use of the time in this type of day, we need to find out what's the right way because there is capital T truth. I know the world will tell us, no, your truth is what you think and whatever you think, that's your truth. Well, that's not true because that's why we have so much problems is because everyone thinks their own way is the way, but yet the life hack is understanding that there is one way. There is a truth that will lead our life and so he encourages, let's make the best use of our time that we might walk wise. So let's pick up. What's the first way that we can make the best use of our time? What's the first way to make life easier, to, to make life more productive? Um, and, and it's the thing about these, these life principles, these life hacks, is that sometimes on the surface, uh, they don't uh, produce what we want right away. And that is one thing we've got to stop right now. We, all of these things, we've got to get over this, this lie that it needs to be done right away. 
Because here's the thing, the best things sometimes take time. To get something right, sometimes, most of the time, we've got to understand the process. And we've got to be willing to go through the process. Because otherwise, to get a great life, you can't put it in a microwave. Um, there are some things that take time. Um, uh, you know what? Um, how many know that when you go to a restaurant and you get some food that's terrible, what's the, usually the exchange? Oh, you just took this and put it in the microwave. Why do we say that? Because we know that good food, now, how many, I, I love stuff in the microwave, but when I want good food, but I don't necessarily call that great gourmet food, right? We just settle for that. But good gourmet food, it takes a while to cook. And I can tell when you're in a restaurant a good food versus microwave food, right? We, we know the difference. And, and so we need to stop settling for right now and begin to let God bring a savoring within us that sometimes takes time. So I just put that out there. Some of these life hacks do not happen right away, but if we commit ourselves to them, they will produce something greater than an immediate response. So let's pick it up in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. It says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing. So here's what we, he's saying. I'm going to give you wisdom uh, that will let you understand what is wise in righteousness, in justice, and equity. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying the words of the wise and their riddles. So the purpose of living according to the word of God and according to these teachings is he's promising that, that I will give you wisdom to live. And, and so uh, the words of Proverbs are wisdom. Uh, they are a direction uh, that makes your life. And that brings us to the very first life hack. And it's the, it's the basic foundation of everything we do is we need to start to live wiser. We need to live wiser. This is what Solomon is saying is, is that you need to know wisdom because we have just been living what we want to do. And that's not always the thing that gets us what we want. Um, what we really want in our heart is, is what God wants to give us. But sometimes what we want, what we think we want gets in the way and actually uh, hurts us. Because what we think we want is I want to feel good right now. Well, that's a good thing. But how many know sometimes feeling good right now destroys feeling great for the rest of your life? Um, what I think I want is I want money to do whatever I want. But sometimes having the ability to do whatever you want now robs you and makes you a slave later on. 
And, and so, see, what we think we want is not what we really want, and so we need wisdom. So wisdom is what helps us uh, to find guidance in our life. Now, in those scriptures that we just read, um, he describes the way of wisdom. And there are uh, five words that we read um, that tells us how we need to live. So here's the wisdom of life hacks, uh, number one. The first thing he said is that um, uh, we need to learn instruction. The first thing to do in your life, you want to be wise, take instruction. Here's a, a simple thing. Be a person in life who's willing to be corrected. It's simple. It will make your life simpler. I know people, I don't want to. Who, who are you to tell me? You know what? That's fine. But if you want to have that attitude, you're just going to constantly have a hard life. You're going to constantly be budding. When you simply are a person who is willing to take instruction, it opens up a vista of opportunities for your life. And this is in any area of your life. At work, are you the type of worker who is willing to take instruction from anyone, even a coworker? Well, I'll listen to my supervisor, but that person, you know what? You never know where the instruction is going to come from. We need to be willing to listen. Um, uh, this is wisdom uh, that it's not about us. We do not live in pride, but we live in the uh, humility of willing to learn from anyone. Because the point is having a better life. Who cares where it comes from? We've got to stop worrying about where it comes from and be willing to take instruction, to be humble, to be coachable. The, the greatest champions that we look up to in any sport, the greatest musician that we, we look up to in, in, in the music world, artists, it doesn't matter what area uh, that you look at, they, they were willing to be coached. They were willing to be taught. They were willing to be corrected uh, in everything that we do. And, and so even the word of God spiritually, we need to be willing to listen to the word of God. So here's the first part of wisdom. The first part of wisdom, are you willing to be corrected by the word of God and not respond with, well, I don't think that's right. That's not what I think. See, there's our problem. To be wise, we need to take instruction. The second thing it said is that um, it says that we need to be willing to be discerning. Now, that word discerning in some of your uh, uh, translations uh, is, is discretion. In some of it, it is to be disciplined. Um, uh, they're all the same word there, to be discerning, to be disciplined, to be discreet, to have discretion. What does it mean to be discerning? To be discerning means to understand that you need to be able to tell the difference between what's good and what's bad. In other words, we need to, we need to take instruction, but the next step is we need to be willing to look at that choice in our life and, and see through the outward and begin to be discerning hey, you know what, this looks really good, but let me think a little bit more. Is it really best for me? See, we need to begin to be discerning in our life. Instead of just doing what we want to, we need to look at ourselves and say, hey, wait a second. Is this really good or bad? It's good in the first 
but it may be bad later on. Or maybe it's, it, it, it doesn't look so great, but later on it would, it would really bring. See, we need to begin to use discernment. And discernment is, is discipline that I've got to be willing uh, to not just go the easy way, but to actually weigh the, 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 the facts, the, the truth, push it up against the truth and see, is this really truth? Um, we need to begin to live by discernment. So many of us, we live by emotions. Emotions are not always uh, truthful. And, and so we got to discern that. I mean, yes, we may feel this way, but just because we feel that way doesn't mean that it's true. Or it doesn't mean that, that that's going to lead me to where I want to be. Um, we can be in love, right? How many know that things that are just love? And, and no, love cannot be wrong if I'm in love or if I love this thing. Although nowadays we use love for everything. I, I love this nut. I love this chip. You know, you know, we use love for everything. We fall in love with everything. Uh, and yet, so this idea of love in that term, we, we, we stop being discerning we need to discern wait a second is this really love or is it just infatuation is it just is it just a a good feeling um uh is it just the fad that i go through and we need to be discerning i'm not going to let that then guide my whole life so we've got to be just discreet we've got to tell the difference between what's right and wrong and that's what God wants us to do he wants to give us the ability to see because sometimes it's hard to tell because there's some things in this world that are very deceiving I mean they feel really good they seem really good and, and yet we've got to listen to the spirit the second thing it talks about is not only be discerning to have discretion but there's this idea of understanding. Over and over again, he said it's for understanding. Um, we need to live a life where we seek understanding. In other words, um, it's not good enough just to know, okay, have all these instructions and, and to follow A, B, C, and D. That's one thing to be taught how to do something. To truly be good at it in life is we need to know why. Okay, so the understand is understanding the why to it. Uh, and some people say, well, God never tells us why. Well, that's not true. God always tells us why. Now, he may not always tell us in the moment why um, a certain thing is happening, but we know the understanding of why uh, behind it all. Uh, there is a plan that God has, and he has described his plan. And he has told us the why he gives us these guidelines and these things, that there is a purpose that he is working in our life. We know that uh, uh, the plan that God has to redeem all of creation. And so everything we are going about is bigger than just our life, but we are part of a bigger plan that God is bringing all of creation back into redemption because we have broken it through our own selfishness and our sin. We have filled this world. And so he has shown us uh, that as we begin to mold our life into the way of Jesus, we become salt and light in this world uh, that ultimately when Christ comes back again is going to be remade. And so we do see the whys uh, of it. And we even get the in, uh, insight when God tells us in many things why he asks us uh, to live in certain ways. 
Uh, and so God asks us, I need you to understand. God does not just want people that are blindly following him. Oh, I'm just doing this because that church, they said I need to live this way. No. You see, God wants you to know him. God wants you to understand. Because I'm telling you, when you begin to understand the heart of God, you can do more than just obey God. You can then begin uh, to, to partner with God. And you see, that's what God wants. God wants us to walk with him, to know him, and to understand him so that we can go even beyond just being uh, obedient to the rules, which is why Jesus said, I, I, I've not come to put away the rules, but I've come to bring you more than the rules. Um, God wants you to understand life. And so we need to begin to understand why God says no sometimes. And when we understand why he says no, it makes it a little bit easier for us instead of just kicking our foot and say, okay, God, fine, I won't do it, right? That's, that's how children are because, uh, you know, they, they just hear no. But God wants us to hear his heart. And he, he wants us to love him for that. And it, it, when we begin to understand his heart, we can say, God, I really wanted to do that, but, but man, I understand your heart and, and so it's okay. I can walk away from that. And it gives us the ability to make those sacrifices because we understand where God is coming from. We understand the sacrifice that God has made. We understand um, his love for us and the purpose that he has for us. Uh, the other word that, that we read in those first six uh, uh, verses is it says that these are for prudence. We need to use prudence. Um, now, uh, all of these are kind of different words of wisdom, uh, different definitions of what does it mean to be wise? What does it mean to live life in an easier way? Um, uh, prudence is one way. So what is prudence? Uh, we know that uh, word. Many times we, we use it in a bad thing. Oh, you're just a prude, someone that just doesn't do anything, right? Has no fun, right? Uh, but really, the word uh, is, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. It is someone who looks farther down the road. Prudence is someone who considers what the outcome is going to be, not just what I'm going to receive. So, so kind of like the discernment. Discernment says what's good and what's bad. This is going to hurt me. Prudence says not only do I discern, but I'm going to look farther down. If I, if I continue my life in this, where's it going to take me? You know, when you get on Interstate 8, you don't just get on. I'm going to get on Interstate 8 because I'm going to uh, El Paso, Texas. Well, wait a second. You know, if you think about if you're going 8 west, you're not going to end up in El Paso. Uh, so you need to use a little bit more prudence. Think about what road you're getting on and where it's heading because the road heads to a destination. And it's the same thing in life. Our actions, our choices lead us to a destination. And God gives us prudence that we can actually see that ahead of time. Hey, I don't want to go there. I don't want to end up in a broken home. I don't want to end up in, in um, uh, loneliness. I don't want to end up, uh, you know, with health problems. So then, therefore, let me look at these choices I'm making. There's certain things that I'm putting in my life that that's where they're going to lead. And, and so God says, use prudence. Look ahead. Don't just think about now. And when we do that, I'm telling you, it makes life easier. 
Now, yes, it makes life harder at first, but I'm gonna tell you, you get someplace that is so much better. The final one that he mentions over and over again is that we need to gain knowledge. Wisdom is about gaining knowledge. Now, you might say, well, that's the same as instruction. Um, Wisdom is being instructed. Um, But this this knowledge is different. In other words, it's, it's connected a little bit to understanding. Wisdom is knowing God. It's not just about making life easier. It's about making life fuller. Because how many know that life is fuller when you have love in your life? When you have someone that loves you? When you have someone that walks this journey with you? That's what, that's what real wisdom is. Real wisdom is knowing God. Not knowing his law. Not knowing all the instructions. Sometimes I don't even know what God wants from me. But I just want to know God. And sometimes that's fine with God too. Sometimes God says, you know what, now's not a time for me to lay out everything in your life. I just want you to come and sit with me. Um, and that's wisdom. Um, sometimes when we want, uh, we just want direction, God just says, you know what, I just want your presence right now. And there is wisdom in that. It makes life easier sometimes when we just sit and know God and know him in a personal way, um, that we sit and, and talk with him. This is the wisdom that God wants. So, so here is the first thing to make life easier is to begin to live wise, um, to begin to take instruction in your life. Let people speak into your life. Do you even let people, do you even seek that? Um, and then also be discerning. Do you ever stop and think about what am I doing? Is it good or bad? Do you discern um, those things. Do you understand? Do you want to know why God is doing that? And some people say, you shouldn't ask God why. Yeah, you should. God wants you to know why. Because if you know why, you'll do it better. Um, if you know how things are connected, then, then you have to, God wants you to do that. So, so seek understanding. Get to know God. Um, and then he wants you to use prudence. Look farther down the road. Uh, begin to be wise. And of course, it all comes together when we know God. Gain knowledge. Um, so how do we do these things? Um, where does this wisdom grow from? This wisdom of those five types of wisdom, you know, do we just do it? Here's the problem. We've all tried to do those things. And we can't do it on our own. And that's why it brings us to the very next verse after all of those things about gain understanding, gain knowledge, take instruction, be prudent, learn discretion. But then he says this in verse seven. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. All of those areas of wisdom comes from one thing, the fear of God. So really, we can, we can boil it all into this. We need to live a life where we fear God. Because the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. The fear of God is the beginning of every life hack that there is. Every life hack that we're going to talk about for the next six weeks, making your life simpler starts with this, the fear of God. 
Now, that sounds so bad, though. And, and, and when we think of the fear of God, it sounds like people that are just, you know, trembling behind. How, how any kind of relation based on fear seems to be, you know, not productive, right? Um, uh, it seems like that would be something that would always be between us if there's this fear. And there's the problem that we misunderstand the word fear. The fear of God, uh, when we look at the Hebrew word, uh, like a lot of stuff that we read in the Bible, we need to understand that, that the Hebrew concept and principle of it is much deeper than our English word. English words are, are very narrow and strict, and we just have one word for one specific thing, whereas they had one word that had many deep meanings within it. Like when you say shalom, which is peace uh, in, in Hebrew, uh, it means more than just peace. It's a wholeness. It is a deepness. It is a togetherness. So there is these deep words that in English, peace, it just means to be at peace, to don't fight, to, to be settled. Well, that's, that's a very uh, narrow thing. And it's the same thing with fear. Uh, to fear God is, is not the narrow English word, but it is, it is to move into a very deep understanding of God in your life. So uh, you can really look at it in a few words. The first word is respect. To fear something is to respect it. Um, it it's not just to tremble and, and, and that it is to respect that, that there is something that earns my respect. Um, that God, I, I look at God as someone that, that man, you know, it, this is someone who, who deserves my respect because I've, I admire them. You know, it's someone that, that if they were to come to, to me, uh, it would be an honor to have them at my house. There's that, that sense of honor. And, and that's what he men, means by fear. Do we respect God? Do we really respect God? Uh, I think the problem is um, we narrow it down to God as kind of some mushy, emotional, lovey-dovey God. And, and thank God he forgave me and did this. He died for me. But he's kind of like just some, some weak little person that died for me. And, and I'm glad for that. And I love him. But... That's it, and that's not who God is. God is still the God of the universe, the God of all power and ability in this world. He's the one that created every beautiful thing. When we look at that, he is the artist behind all of the things that we see and hear and taste and touch. He designed that food that you love so much. He designed hot sauce. I love it. See, see, we can respect that. You had the ability to do that. He also designed, you know, the magnificent Rocky Mountains covered in snow and their beauty. You see, there, there, is, there is a respect there. But along with that, and they all kind of go together, there is an adoration. To fear God is to adore him. Because it, 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 it is something that you love. How many have ever, you love something so much it's scary? Do we not even use that word? I loved it so much it's scary. You see, that's what the fear of God is. I love him so much it's scary. When we begin to understand who God is and we respect the awe and power, that, that there is an adoration. There is a love that goes deeper than just, oh, I love those potato chips or I love that thing that I do. I love to play baseball. No, this is an adoration of understanding who God is. There's a fear of God who brings a scary love that it's so deep within us, it scares us. 
And not only that, but it brings us to the idea of being awestruck. When was the last time that we thought about God and we just sat back and almost couldn't even say anything? Because God is so much bigger than us. God is outside our hurt. Sometimes we, we get so blinded by our hurt and the things we're going through that we lose the understanding that God is bigger. We need to come back to that awe of God. That is the fear of God. When we begin to let God be God in our life, wisdom grows out of that. And when we are in awe of him, there does bring us the idea of being afraid. So part of fear is being afraid. Because I'm going to tell you, Jesus put it this way. You're afraid of a lot of things in this life, but it doesn't seem like you're afraid of God. And God has the power of eternal damnation over your soul. And yet you're afraid of what people think of you. So there is a point that Jesus says, you need to be afraid of God. You do need to understand that God will make a choice with your life. And there does need to be some fear within us. Kind of like uh, our parents sometimes that, oh, I know what's coming if I do this. We usually think that after we've already done it, right? That's the problem. Oh, man. I, I, I'd come home and, and they would just say this, go to your room. Uh, I know what's coming, right? But there does need to be that fear within us, but it's a fear that combines all of those things. So, so a fear of God is when we have a respect for God, we adore God, we are in awe of God, and yes, there is that fear of God, but that fear of God is combined with the love and the awe and the respect that God is part of my life. And so when we have this type of fear, I'm gonna tell you the wisdom of God begins to grow. When you have this type of fear of God, when God becomes that part of your life, it opens up the ability for God to teach you wisdom. Because when God is that person in your life, then he is able to begin to send his spirit and begin to open up understanding and knowledge and discernment and correction in your life. Whereas if you do not have this fear of God, a full fear of God, then you will manipulate wisdom. You'll only use the wisdom that you want to get what you want. And God says, no, you need to come to the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of true wisdom because then he is able to lead and guide. In Psalms 25, look at what happens. And look at these great things that we receive. See, fear is not a negative. Fear is a great thing. This type of fear, I'm telling you, is, is one that gives you life. Psalm 25, verse 12 says, Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. You see, God... What great promises does God give? He doesn't hurt our life. He says, you will, in your soul, you're gonna know well-being. See, nothing in this world can offer me that. See, the world, the government does not offer me to feel well within my soul. See, they can't even do, do that. But God says, if you fear me, you will be well. <clears throat> 
Verse 14 says, the friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. His friendship is for those who fear him. Psalms 103, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. If we will fear God, we receive compassion. See, we don't receive judgment. We don't receive uh, uh, chains. We receive compassion. God says, I am a God of compassion if you will fear me. Proverbs 14 says this, in the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence and his children will have a refuge. You see, when we fear the Lord, there's confidence. You see, when I fear God and I really know him, I know that he's on my side. And if God is for me, he's not here to put me down. He's not here to limit my life. But if I will accept his limits, I begin to receive greater things and there's a confidence to know that he has a great purpose for me. And again, it says that his children have a refuge. You notice in the other one, there's an inheritance for it. It also passes on to those that we love. The best thing that we can do for our our family and our home is to fear the Lord. Even though sometimes fearing the Lord comes before our family. It means making choices that it seems like they lose out, but they don't lose out because the fear of the Lord brings an inheritance to them. So the wisdom of life grows from a fear of God. You want to make life easier? You want to make life simpler? Let's fear God. Let's come back to a new fear of God. Maybe we've kind of grown away from that. Maybe we, at some point in time, we, we did have that fear of God. But you know what? Life is life, and we get caught up in a lot of stuff. God is calling us today. Will you come back? Because if you'll come back and fear me, I'll give you wisdom. And the wisdom of God, it'll hack this life. It'll make us champions. Let's bow our heads.